0: Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast.
1: Well, you know, in those hard seasons of marriage, and they do come, uh, it's so important for us to work together as a team, even if that's the last thing you feel like doing. I'm John Fuller, along with my Focus on the Family colleagues, Greg and Erin Smalley. And Greg, describe how a couple can work together through hardship and actually improve in their relationship.
2: Well, you've heard the expression, misery loves company. (laughs) Yes. Well, and a part of that's true, that that when when Aaron and I walk through this hardship together, there's, there's a connection there. No one likes to be alone when they're hurting or going through something difficult. So it creates a connection. There's also then the opportunity to really empathize because when I know Erin and I are facing the same hardship and she's able to, you know, encourage me around, you know, maybe how I'm feeling or say, I'm feeling this way today. How about you? There's just a natural empathy And I trust that. I believe that. I know that she gets it because she's the only other person that's going through this same thing. I think, though, the most powerful opportunity when we face hardships together, it can. So underline the word can. It can create grit. Grit is such a cool concept within a marriage, and that means that no matter what we're facing, we are going to make it through this. We are going to grow. We are going to learn. Something is going to benefit us down the road. I mean, certainly God promises that when we experience hard times, go through trials, that He gives us thanks. And grit is that belief that we're going to hang in there we're going to go through this together and, hey, we will be better individuals. We'll be a better couple as a result of going through this. So really, as much as you know, we hear in Hollywood that oh, I just want you to be happy, you know what? The truth is Aaron and I want couples to experience pain as well. Because and pain is where you grow mm-hmm. and learn and, and become who you really are yeah. as a couple.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, and I hope you heard Greg's heart on that. It's not that he wants you to suffer, yeah. Um, but James, the book of James, tells us very clearly there are going to be trials. Yeah. It's going to happen, and um, it might be nice to kind of think those aren't going to happen to me, but they will happen, and when they do, where are you at as a couple? Let's go ahead and hear a, a remarkable story, Pastor D.A. Horton and his wife, Alicia, have really encountered some challenges. Here they are talking with Jim Daly
3: and me. Another area that really creates marital strain are the finances. And I know in writing the book, you took a close look at that. I think you identified a stat of 35% of couples. It meant that finances are the core reason that they have such Disharmony in their marriage. Yeah, um, you too experienced that. Like most of us as young couples, uh, what was your story when it came to finances and what was going on?
4: I always tell people um, when Damon and I got married, um, I had a checking account and savings account um, with money in it, and he <laughs> came with uh, red numbers. Right, four
5: different checking <laughs> and savings accounts, all with red numbers <laughs> on my end. <laughs>
4: And so we obviously had um, different perspectives when it came to our finances.
5: And we still do. We still do. We don't, we don't see eye to eye on everything. But there's a lot more harmony now than there was when we first got together.
3: So what were some of the colossal uh, missteps that you had? What was did, did you hit a bankruptcy moment? Or We did early on in our
5: marriage. Uh, so we grew up in poverty. We grew up in the inner city. And uh, we always believed in the American dream. that that was the the reason for living. And so our faith in Christ, everything, giving to the local church, all that came as a footnote to the American dream. And so, you know, at a young age, we were a year and a half into our marriage. We got approved for uh, a loan much more than we should have got approved for. Uh, This was, you know, in the 2007, 2008 era. Right at the bubble time. Yes. And um, so we took all that equity in the home and we added a basketball court, you know, redid our uh, basement, 51-inch, screen tv uh cars family trips timeshare that we never used um <laughs> credit card debt and we were just racking it all up in the entire time i can't even think of one time we ever contributed to the local church mm. and, and, and we're walking with jesus the whole time you know and we're like man thank you lord for these blessings you're raining from heaven and mm. uh and we hit we hit the the reality that man we have uh, racked up a debt that there is absolutely no way we could pay off yeah. and uh, we had to come to jesus and repent and in that moment of repentance, we recognized we surrender all these things, and we had to file bankruptcy. Chapter 7, uh, and we were 20—I 20, was 27, 28 years old.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And how were some of those disagreements? I mean, did you guys—did you— fight fair in that or did you pull oh, no. together?
4: No, we didn't pull together because I felt that and here's the here's the kicker. It was a house right next door to my parents that was oh, no. also across the street from my brother. Yeah. Okay. So not just was it the American dream, but a whole family was there, you know, and I felt that for me to mm. walk away from this means I'm walking away from everything that I Your wanted, family. My yeah. family, everything that I ever knew, everything that I ever wanted to live for, you know, but obviously it was the wrong way to live. Um, and so, yeah, we never came together on that. He wanted to go. I wanted to stay. And it was a Lord that really did a, a move on both of our hearts to say, OK, we're going to go in this direction. And he humbled us. And yeah. it was in a good way because we went to a Bible college. We stayed on campus. It was a two-bedroom room apartment that was an old army barrack right. and um, roach-filled, mold-infested and that was some of the best times yeah. Interesting huh? our marriage. Yeah. In what ways? Because oh, we oh. felt that it was more of a simple way of life. We felt that we were able mm. to concentrate on things that actually mattered versus trying to fill it with things that didn't matter um, and just really spend more time together and
3: not the, be distracted. I uh, think the move from the 51-inch TV to the 13-inch Disney princess television. Mm -hmm. That was was. our daughters. We borrowed that from our daughters. Yeah,
5: Yeah. it does. Uh And those were sweet moments, sweet memories, because that's when God began to allow us to form an interdependency. Yeah. So I had to shed my independent mindset. Alicia had to shed her codependent mindset, and we had to form this new authentic interdependency. And, and Jesus used mm-hmm. that that old renovated army barrack as the space that was our Bethel. We met with God there. Yeah.
3: yeah and I, I think it leads us to the next kind of emphasis in the book that you talked about, and that's suffering together and mm-hmm. the benefit of suffering together. I don't think in the Western culture, certainly in the United States, that's something we run to, I think we run from Mm -hmm. it. Even as you're describing it, oh, how quaint that you had to go to this cockroach infested area for a little while to get close to God. Isn't (laughs) that sweet? And you had to give up your big TV. That's so sweet. But describe the benefits, the deep spiritual benefits of suffering. And I know people are cringing right now. They're going, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't sign up for this gospel stuff to suffer. Well, then you aren't really reading the word. That's true. You know, I think
5: From my heart, the idols of greed, consumerism, comfort, and self were the distractions that kept me from seeing the full radiance of Christ Mm -hmm. in my life, but then also in my marriage and my parenting. And then when Jesus stripped away all those things, because we would pray those dangerous prayers, Lord, anything that you don't desire for us that we've amassed, take it away. And he did. And he he answered our prayers, which is a good thing, according to 1 John 3, that our heart's not condemned. And God is answering our prayers in harmony with his will. So if that means shedding materialism so we can have more of our Messiah, then so be it so that our marriage can flourish. And so we begin to recognize that and realize that, you know what, come hell or high water, Jesus is with us. He's never going to leave us. And we're committed to each other. And then came deaths in our families. Then came um, a diagnosis with multiple sclerosis for Alicia. Then came challenges uh, with God relocating our family from Kansas City to Atlanta to North Carolina, then finally to Long Beach, you know, all those Seasons of change and suffering allowed us to recognize that God was forming us as husband and wife, melding us together in those fiery trials, like what we read about in James 1.
1: You know, Aaron, one of the things I so appreciate about you and Greg is you're pretty transparent, and I know there's probably a season in your life you could tell us about in in which it was hard, but you and Greg grew closer together.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Recently, actually, John, um, our oldest daughter, Taylor, um, tragically went through a divorce. And it impacted Greg and I so much because, I mean, this is what we do. We absolutely love marriage, and we you know, wanted them to go to an intensive, but that wasn't an option. And as we grieved... The crazy thing is it happened right before COVID quarantine, and so we found ourselves, like, we both wanted to go to bed really early at night. We wanted to eat a lot of cinnamon gummy bears. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there was Delicious. a lot of stress, and you were yes. maybe even a little depressed about all Yes, this. we were Needed both comfort comfort so sad. Food. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But we were there together. Hmm. Um, oftentimes, when you go through a hard season, there's losses. And if you have losses, you have grief. And typically, what can happen is what we can grieve very differently. The great news is that Greg and I, through this season, did a lot of communication back and forth of what are you dealing with? Well, this is what I'm feeling. What? How? How is it today? How's your heart today? What are mm. you thinking? What are you feeling? And it really kept us on the same page. And I am telling you, John, instilled something So great, through that pain came an even greater passion to minister to couples, especially young couples. Young couples who are willing to come in and get help, I'm all about it.
1: Uh, I appreciate that. So if a young couple comes to either one of you uh, and says something that I'm gonna key off of something you Mm -hmm. just uh, mentioned, Erin, says we are both processing this situation very differently. He's this, I'm that, or whatever it is, help us. What's your advice?
0: i have had that exact scenario in my office even as of late and it's so important that they continually communicate that they both attend to their own heart and figure out how is this impacting me but then they communicate about it often what i see is that it's almost like let's let's stay in the lane of let's not talk about it at all and act like it never happened Mm. that doesn't work so it's so important that go in and get some some help from a licensed Christian counselor that will help you talk through what's really going on, how you're each doing, so you're not only grieving individually, but you're grieving together.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think what's powerful about facing these hard times, so as Erin and I faced the reality of our daughter's divorce, again, she didn't want this, but kind of walking through that with her, part of the benefit was that um, it made me go, what, what, maybe what are some personal issues that I'm not dealing with, or I'm oblivious to that, that may cause Aaron and I some challenges. What, what are some patterns or something within our own marriage? I mean, it caused me to start to go, you know what, as much as I would love just to sort of coast through life and, and be oblivious to some of this, I I really need to get in and talk to someone. And so from both a individual counselor, which I saw for quite a number of months, and then Aaron and I went in and got some tune-up with a, a good Christian counselor, and it was so good. Um, we didn't know what we needed to talk about. We just went in and, and of course, in that moment realized, oh, there's maybe a couple of things that, that we need to grow in, and I think when when I boil down to what creates a strong marriage, I mean, there, there's so many things, but but seriously, I could narrow it down to two for you. One, have a rock-solid commitment that says that I don't care what we're facing. We'll figure this out. Let's do anything and everything that it's going to take to stay married. So you don't ever have to worry. I want Aaron, and I've told her this a million times even through Taylor's divorce. I just kept saying to Aaron, you know, right, that I'm not going anywhere. And, and so whatever we need to deal with, we'll deal with it. And, and so if there's rock-solid commitment, and you both just know it. And you're committed to growing as individuals and as a couple. So growth, commitment and growth. I, I, I think that's the simple formula. Mm. Just keep learning, keep growing. How are we doing? What what can we do to, to, to take the next tiny step, the next tiny step? And just keep that as an attitude and move forward together. You'll never get to that perfect marriage, whatever that is, and it doesn't exist. But my goal is I just want to keep walking with Aaron side by side going, let's just keep, let's do something different today. Let's do something new. Let's grow in some yeah. way today. And
0: hmm. that is the key to what you were, where we begin this conversation of let's just, you know, I just want to be happy. The truth is there's going to be seasons of happiness in marriage. But what I love based on what Greg is saying is that instead of the goal being happiness, the goal is let's journey together and continue growing hmm. growth is a great goal. Because with growth comes seasons of joy, seasons of pain, seasons of difficulty, seasons of relaxation. So it's just that we're going to continue growing together.
1: Well, that's a lot of encouragement for our listeners. And that's on top of what we heard from DA and Alicia. So thank you for sharing so transparently with us, uh, both of you. And as you've been listening along today, maybe you're thinking, I need help. I can't get there to the point that Greg and Aaron are talking about, or I can't do what DA and Alicia were saying and embrace the suffering, um, let us get you in touch with one of our caring Christian counselors here. We'll schedule a consultation time for you. It's no charge. Uh, Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family. So they'll have an initial call with you and then uh, offer some resources and direction and even provide some names of people in your nearby areas so you can do some ongoing counseling if that would be of benefit to you. And if you can, please make a donation to Focus on the Family. That makes our counseling team available. That helps us put resources into the hands of those who need it. Um, As you donate, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift of any amount, we'll say thanks for joining the support team by sending a copy of the book by the Hortons, Enter the Ring. Details are in the show notes or call 800-A-FAMILY. And the Hortons will be back next time. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.